And hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Ur Life. And I have it with me here, Lumer Hladik. And Lumer Hladik um, was also an associate director of the Inspirado Festival for many, many years. Um, actually, he's Lumer is a good friend of mine as well. I worked for him um, way back when. And he had a firm in design and branding. Um, and that's probably three decades or more, I would think. Um, but the real reason that I wanted to interview you, uh, Lumer, today is because you have an interesting life. And I'm sure you have many stories, but um, in today's episode, um, I'm sure you'll share some of them and then we'll take it from there. So, okay, before we begin, I'd like to just do a brief intro into Lumer. And Lumer has a rich history. Um, Lumer was born in the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia then in the 50s um, under a communist regime. And so you can imagine at that time in a small village, uh, there was not much. There wasn't TV. There wasn't phones. Um, and when he graduated from high school, he moved to Prague to study university. He went to the um, uh, University of Economics at Prague and also the College of Art. Um, this ignited in him his love both of science and art. And he ended up being part of what's called the conceptual art movement, performance art, action art, as it were. And really what's happening in these situations is him and, and his friends are pushing the boundaries of what art is. And they're getting in trouble by the communist regime, not in, uh, really allowing them that freedom that we typically associate with artistic expression. So because of that, Loomer felt his only option was to move away. And he escaped to, and by the way, that's another interesting story. He escaped to Germany, to, at that time was West Germany, with his family. He had a family by then. And then from there, he moved to Canada. And because, of course, he had to work, he ended up uh, starting a company in um, communications and design, um, which actually rose quite rapidly. And I, at one point, worked for him in this company. He also ended up working for um, uh, the, the um, Equicom, which was a subsidiary of the Toronto Stock Exchange, being their chief uh, um, experience officer or design. Um, so he rose quickly in, in those ranks in producing art at, um, commercial art. Um, but his love for art never went away so that in the early 2000s, um, he started back in his art, slowly going back to Northern Ontario, exploring nature. And this is at this point, I also asked Lumer to be part of Inspirado because I knew he had a great sense of design. And he ended up being the artistic associate director and, and doing all of our design and, and set design and projection. For those of you that know about Inspirado, it was a fabulous time for us. But this also triggered in him to do more um, of his own art. His, interestingly enough... He got well. He got this rediscovered from his conceptual art in Czechoslovakia, which actually got him greater publicity in what he used to do in, in the seventies in in the Czech Republic. So that, coupled with his love and his passion for recreating art and devoting his his life back to fine art, which is what he does now. But he's also a consultant. Um, he's also smart, so he does commercial art um, for large medical companies. And there, there you can hear the love for his, for science. So this is a quick overview of Lumere, and, and certainly, Lumere, you can add anything I missed, but I'm sure there's a lot, but but just in case I missed anything of the major pieces before we start. No, no, this is pretty accurate. And again, you know, there's uh, so much to tell. You're right, the history is quite uh, 
tumultuous and rich, so that's fine. <laughs> I have Loomer, and I know Loomer has two stories he's going to share, um, if, and then we'll, we'll have a further discussion. So, Loomer, do you want to start with your first story? Uh, okay, so the first story relates back to the, uh, the science uh, part of my life. And uh, so going back to my childhood, because, I, yeah, again, I loved, uh, since I was uh, five, six, seven, I loved mystery and exploring the unknown. I was roaming all the fields and forests around the, the, the town when I was born. And did that, did, that, did that town have a lot of forest and and um... it was not exact vicinity, but about a you know kilometer or two from away, uh, the forest started and they would go for not forever but for a while. Again, it's Europe, right? It's not Canada, but okay. uh, still for me, that's why I spent my childhood. And then okay. then uh, then when I entered public school, I absolutely loved the cabinet of curiosities, like the science room in my school where there was all these taxidermy and rocks and chemicals and crystals mm -hmm. and all that stuff and maps, you know, of, and globes. I absolutely adore that. And then, so I loved it all. I loved astronomy and chemistry. And uh, so, uh, and I even had my own lab at home. I was so, uh, so in love with that. When you say that. lab, you... Did you like in your room? You had a lot no, of no, no, no. I had. I basically had. It was a very small apartment, uh, and uh, so I had sort of kind of a my own closet where I had all my chemicals and stuff. Ah, okay. And then mm -hmm. I was doing it on when parents were not at home. I was doing it in a kitchen, on a kitchen table, okay. and, and <laughs> then moved it back into, and and so on. But uh, the. Uh, the problem I had, it was, I was so advanced. So, so when I was age, at age 14, grade eight, I was studying on my, my own. So at that time I was already uh, on a third year because I wrote all the books from the library and third year of organic chemistry for university level. Right. So obviously I had access to all this information. So, you know, I, I, uh, I experimented with all kinds of, uh, poisons and toxins and uh, created artificial clouds and so on. At one point, they had to evacuate the, uh, the building because I basically infested all the apartment with some kind of gas. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So at okay. one point, I did created some kind of a smoke bomb where uh, they had to stop all the trains from uh, one city to Prague because it, they thought it was like World War Three or something. But uh, anyway, I got arrested. I was, you know, like 14, right? And then, uh, unfortunately, uh, one day, uh, a, a flask with an explosive exploded in my hands. And it was a major explosion. And I, my, my uh, hands were uh, not smithereens, but really injured. I had about 84, 84 uh, scars. I spent eight hours on it. In an operation theater, being you know wow. operated. Whatever. So, what were you trying to do there? I like, I, I was just preparing. I was preparing a a uh, chemical for some fireworks. I, you know, of course, when at that age, or you want to see some some uh, magnificent results, you know, to show off, of course. And ah. So so uh, that unfortunately backfired, and uh, so I was in. Uh, 
uh, wrapped in gauze, my my both arms, uh, sorry, the hands, for about six months, and it was it was horrible, and the the pain was excruciating. So I, at that time, I kind of stopped loving, you know, science. I have to admit, I felt betrayed by science, and I mm. discarded my lab and my chemicals and so on. And after that, um, when my hands came were healed, I started to practice on the guitar and joined the rock band. Um, ah, okay. okay, so that's that's the end of my science as a you know childhood. Uh, then, okay. so that's the first story. So that so that's that's this is where this is obviously in your childhood or adolescence in in, in Czechoslovakia at that point. Um, so let's take us to. I know you have a second story. Um, and uh, t- maybe you can tell us uh, uh, about your second story. The the second story is going totally forward, going into then two thousand and three, uh, and so I was uh, again. I I had a pause in terms of art production uh, for about twenty years or nineteen years, and I uh, for about five years I lived in Alberta, and. Uh, so, uh, first of all, you know, when you are living in a country with or a space with mountains, you don't get creative. No, I, the, the mountains were crushing me. So, obviously, you couldn't do that. And then I moved to, I, uh, I had some kind of a major change in life. So, again, I moved from one province to another in Canada, and I changed my, uh, uh, my personal life as well. At that time, I was uh, divorcing, and uh, so I drove from from uh, Alberta to Ontario in, in winter, which is mm-hmm. a story by itself, by the way, which is absolutely insane. And then when I was uh, driving through Niagara on the Lake, so for all the people who uh, don't know, Niagara on the Lake is this little town near Niagara Falls. Uh, which is known for orchards and wineries. Yeah. And uh, I was driving there in the winter and it was a sunny day. And uh, what I saw suddenly, I, I saw all these uh, apple or peach trees, but they're, you know, they, they're, they're touched by humans all the time and they're cut and, uh, and, and I would say mangled, but, by human activity to bear more fruit. And suddenly that reminded me somehow, I guess, about my fingers and all this stuff that happened to me, you know, many, many years ago when I was 14. And I felt this urge to draw these, these mangled, these injured trees or these branches and so on. And not, not exactly like the trees themselves, but the feeling or the notion of, hurt of 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 this this uh, event and uh, i started to create to draw and that that basically ignited my my art career after 20 years and i ever since i am full-time into in fine art. yeah all right all right okay so lumer when we look at these two stories that you've got you know there's a big um time gap you know the other one one was in the 60s it looks like in Czechoslovakia and then this one was at the start of 2000 so there's a big time gap here 
this almost seems like your own odyssey, your personal journey. Um, and in that time frame, because, you know, when we look at these, what feeling does it bring in terms of bringing closure or maybe there is no closure? Does this struggle continue for you? Well, yeah, again, I, I'm not, I don't think there's any closure yet. But what's kind of, again, interesting is that the uh, that you have some kind of a plan, dream, wish, what you want to do. And then there is the universe who thinks otherwise and uh, yeah. has this, this destiny and fate and so on and basically, you, you know, uh, uh, changes your life completely because, uh, you know, the events, uh, then, for example, when I was driving from Alberta to Ontario and it started kind of a different life and, and you know, got divorced and so on, everything changed. But then suddenly, uh, maybe whatever was, uh, I would say, negative or negatively influenced seemingly my life at that time was actually positive later on. Again, the universe knows best, right, sometimes. So uh, then, because then I was very uh, grateful uh, when I went back to my, uh, to my fine art career, because first of all, as you mentioned, before uh, my early art, the action art was nominally, and then of course, then there was another challenge where I'm trying to connect, and even a, a kind of a rediscovery for me uh, how to connect my early art with what I'm doing right now, uh, and because it looks seemingly on the surface very different, but it's not because somehow what I discovered through all this that you cannot cross your own shadow like you whatever your your passions and infatuations and dreams uh, you know from your childhood basically go with you it's just they take different they take different forms but it's still with you all the time and so that so, so is yeah. is that so Lumer, so just to interrupt sorry is that now do you feel that you're fated in like what's your position on fate and and destinies because you know you talked about this and was this something that was bound to happen again. I have no idea if that's. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying basically that universe knows best. So sometimes you have a kind of a deep wish, but at the same time, uh, you are your own obstacle. <laughs> and so I, I always wanted to be a, an artist and do art, and then of course I walked away from it. You know, from for a long time, for like twenty years. And then the destiny said, no, you will do your art. <laughs> and through, first of all, changes in your life and through some, you know, that incident that I was talking about driving through the Niagara and Lake and sowing these, seeing all these trees, I go, okay, it, it just happens. It's, uh, and you just follow that path and you're grateful. And, uh, you know, so everything happen uh, for some kind of a reason and it happened and uh, in the right direction but not at that particular time when i was for example wishing it you know but that's okay yeah so in other words yeah that's okay i i think I, I, because you know someone would argue that in many ways that some people don't get to do some of the things that they really wished for as a child that they just bury it and it gets buried so this is why i'm asking you you know is it because you listen to 
quote unquote, some of the whispers that and the opportunities that came your way and decided to latch onto them? I mean, what the, the, made you made you change your mind or go in that direction again? I, obviously, you had that incident with the drawing. Was yeah. there something more? No, no. There was no more. It's sort of like that suddenly you find that fire in you uh, in one second, As, you know, in this case. Uh, mm. with, with the science, it was more gradual as well, but but it all crept in. And then, uh, then at the end, right now, when I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm doing right now is my, my art right now, it's sort of like uh, derailed installations, but, but these installations are including whatever, you know, interventions and artificial intelligence and videos and sound and mixed media and intervention with, with uh, wildlife, you know. I collaborate with wild blackberry, me with doing my art, for example. So that's sort of like bridging my love for science, for nature, for animals, with intervention, with like conceptual art. It's all in. A quick reflection on Loomer's stories. As our conversation went deeper, I thought it was interesting how we touched on primal longings in our childhood and adolescence that unfold in unexpected ways later on in our life. And his comment that the universe conspires to give us what we need, it knows best. And it may not seem like that at the moment, at the time, I found quite poignant. And interesting. So the question is, how are you, how are your primal longings from your childhood and your adolescence unfolding in your life now? And do you know what they are? Thank you for joining the Ur Life podcast. Until next time, stay connected to your mysteries.